check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports, 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 sports. Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border to Border, 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here on Border to Border on a Monday. And uh, what we do during most Mondays during the basketball season, Bob steals my hour. Then he gets his makeup, his food, and all his good stuff as he gets ready for the coaches show coming up at 6. So we essentially switch. And I do uh, two hours on a Monday here on uh, 1061 ESPN. We got a lot. A lot to get into here on the show today. Obviously, we will recap the weekend in college football. We will recap the weekend in the NFL. We will recap the weekend in college basketball. Um, there's really not much going on tonight in terms of college basketball, but uh, we'll tell you who's playing, what the uh, what the spreads are, and all that good stuff. But like, you know, we got two hours. We do have a guest. Usually I don't have a guest on a Monday, but usually I'm not doing two hours. Uh, so coming up at 4.30, Pete Futak will join us. He is with uh, College Football News. He will uh, give us his thoughts on the college football playoff. I will give you my thoughts on the college football playoff in just a moment. And um, you'll hear some sound bites. But Pete Futak will join us at 4.30. We'll also update you on the transfer portal. It's been a busy day in the old college football transfer portal uh, for the most part. Doesn't look like anything going on in the state schools. There was one uh, transfer involving the state schools, so we will certainly get into that a little bit as well. Uh, phone number, 327-0888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. Uh, 804-327-0888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. All right, so um, I, I starting out here, right away, um, the College Football Playoff Committee's wrong. Dead wrong. 100% wrong. I, I thought it was going to go where Texas was going to get left out. I thought Texas was going to get left out. I thought that what was going to happen was, because I said all along on Twitter, I said, you can't leave out the SEC. And of course, boy, was I right on that one. Um, So when they came out and they said that Texas was number three, I was like, all right, this is Florida State's going to get left out. Because um, when I saw that Texas was number three, I was like, oh boy, this is, you're not going to leave out the SEC. Uh, Greg Sankey is too important of a human being in college football for them to, um, to leave out the SEC. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, we're supposed to get the four best teams in college football for the playoff. And if we're being completely honest, the four best teams in college football are probably Michigan, Washington, Alabama, and Georgia. If we're doing the four best teams overall, And we didn't get the four best teams overall. What we got was, we got four teams that are going to make tremendous headlines. And I'll tell you this, and people who have stayed with me forever on on the show, they know I'm a conspiracy theory guy. This decision was 100% made by ESPN and the SEC. Like, let's be completely honest here. Now, the SEC has such a pull on everything. Now, remember, because CBS no longer has the SEC. CBS is becoming, um, CBS is now becoming the Big Ten, which is such a uh, step down. Such a step down. So in 2024, starting in July, ESPN is now in bed with the SEC. And so how do you help out the SEC? 
You take an Alabama team that may or may not have belonged. We'll get to that in just a second. And you push them into the college football playoff. And not only do you push them in the college football playoff, you achieve your other agenda of trying to make sure Michigan doesn't win a championship by giving them Alabama. Because you are so scared of Michigan winning a championship that you don't want to give them Florida State. You don't want to give them Florida State. Do you realize, and this is from their perspective, the discussion points that come from a uh, a Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh uh, semifinal game. And so it's, it's crazy to me, all the stuff that's come out. Let's think about this for a second. There is a Power Five conference champion that won every game on their schedule. Every single game on their schedule. And they didn't get in for a team that, just what, two weeks ago needed a Hail Mary to beat Auburn, who lost by a million to New Mexico State. The same New Mexico State team that lost to Liberty, and we'll get to Liberty in a little bit as well, because they should not be in the Fiesta Bowl. But you then tell me, you, the Boo Corrigan, come out and tell me, well, you know, obviously Florida State's a different team without Jordan Travis. Here's the thing about Florida State without Jordan Travis. Florida State without Jordan Travis beat Louisville and beat Florida. And yeah, it was ugly. The offense wasn't great. But guess what? Florida State's defense is top five, top ten in the nation. And they belong. Florida State's defense belongs. And so what you're setting as a precedent here is either teams will lie about injuries, saying, oh, yeah, he'll be there, he'll be there, he'll come back, he'll come back. Or you'll have kids coming back early from injury just to go and get ready. I mean, when you read a tweet from Jordan Travis that says, I wish I got injured earlier so everybody could see how good this team is without me, like, that's a crushing tweet. And I, I'm, I'm so stunned that the same Alabama team that was tied 3-3 at halftime with South Florida, the same Alabama team that nearly lost to Arkansas, the same Alabama team that in their one of their only tough games lost to Texas, they get in over a Florida State team that has zero losses on their resume. And it's funny because I'm watching the ESPN, I'm watching the ESPN selection show. And they got a panel of a bunch of guys. And look, I, I some of them belong and some of them didn't. And when I find myself agreeing with one person on this panel more than others, it's pretty crazy. But the guy who I think spoke the most logic was Booger McFarland, who talked about Florida State getting left out. Matchup based on performance, not getting the teams that deserve to be in, in my opinion. And, and I think we look at this from a selfish standpoint. We want the best matchup so we can say, you know what? This year's semifinals wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a blow like it's been the last couple of years that we get good matchups. And I just think that's, a, that's devastating for the kids at Florida State. And I think we're diminishing how you win. It's okay to win with defense. It's okay to have a dominant defense and win a football game. It doesn't always have to be scoring 50 or 60 points. And I think as, as a football nation, as a group of analysts, we got to wrap our mind around that because to me, this is about let's get the four best matchups. We can sell it and we can do all these different things. Who cares if Florida State won 16 and 6 with defense? They dominated a Louisville team from a defensive standpoint. Who cares? I, I, I don't either. I mean, but, but I will say this. I think they seem like separate. 
Okay, so what, what they were then continuing on, and we'll play the second half of the clip in a second and then get to the phones. Um, he's right. Florida State's defense belongs. And here's the thing. Florida State would have a month to prepare for this game and make Tate Rodemaker good enough to run an offense. He, he would have 30 days. Not like this game's tomorrow. This game's not next week. This game's not in two weeks. It's in a month. And... We saw Cardell Jones. Now, granted, look, the Cardell Jones game that he played during the regular season, he was the third stringer for Ohio State and won by a lot. But we've seen third stringers do it. So, like, basically what you're telling me is the Eagles, who won with Nick Foles, shouldn't have gotten to the playoffs because Nick Foles and the Eagles didn't look good during the end of the regular season. Like, to me, watching that Florida State game, they belonged in the championship. And then they were making the argument that, oh, if you took J.J. McCarthy off Michigan, it would be the same thing. No, it wouldn't, because they ran the ball in every play in the second half against Penn State and won the game. J.J. McCarthy hasn't even had that great of a year. He's had a good year, obviously, but he hasn't had a great year. You can't make the same argument that because Jordan Travis isn't there, oh, if J.J. McCarthy's not there, oh, if um, Michael Penix Jr., yeah, Michael Penix is not there, Washington's completely different, although Washington's a really great wide receiving core. So that was kind of awful. And then the one guy who didn't belong on the panel chimed in because this guy kept making stupid opinions after stupid opinions, and this was one of them. This was Joey Galley's rebuttal to what Booger McFarlane had to say. Give you real quick last word here. A couple things just happened there that, that, I, that I, I hate to hear. Uh, any connection to the SEC uh, and what they've done in the past being any part of this decision. If that's the case, that's disappointing to me. I, I would hate to hear that happen. And then don't use the term we when you start to give your point there because there is not a we in this. We don't care about the matchup. We don't care about who's playing who and where they're playing them. We are here to get the four best teams. I agree with that. That is what we've tried to accomplish. That's why there is... 13 people in the room at times. Some people have to step out when their team is talked about. Let's, let's say the soft part out loud. If Alabama was in the ACC, they're not getting in. If Florida State was in the SEC, they would get in. Let's just say that now. 100%. Switch the conferences. Florida State's in. Alabama's not. And, and, and if you try and deny it, you're an SEC homer. Greg Sankey runs the NCAA, he runs college football, and there was no way the committee wanted to deal with a month worth of SEC fans crying all over the place that Nick Saban didn't get in and a team without their quarterback did get in. Like, if you're not going to believe that, then you're either an Alabama fan or you're an SEC fan. In which case, like, I can't take you seriously anyway because the SEC is like a cult when it comes to college football. Like, it's the SEC and everybody else is kind of like out there. And that's what we're going to kind of unfortunately get to soon. And the last point, and then we'll get to the phone. Um, the last point before we get to the phone is um, Florida State's going to spend this offseason tearing apart the ACC grant of rights. If you thought that they were going to complain before, oh, they're going to complain so much more this offseason, and they're going to find a way out. And the ACC is going to get screwed because the committee was scared of Nick Saban and scared of Greg Sankey. And then what was a really good sport will change completely. Uh, 327-0888, That is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code. Uh, I believe it's Matt. Who's on the phone? Matt? Hello? Hey, how's it going? Hey. Uh, you're on the air. 
Oh, all right. I didn't know. I didn't know if I was on the air or not. Uh, it's Alan. Uh, just wanted to say, Matt, thank you for your kind words uh, about Florida State. And thank you, Philadelphia Eagles, for uh, making my weekend a little bit better. All right, boss. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. <laughs> all right. You wanted me there on Monday. I just wanted to make sure I, I, I fit. I made the schedule. I just want to make sure I was I was present. Okay. So thank you. No problem, Alan. <laughs> we will we will I will certainly talk a little uh, NFL a little bit later. But the, Alan's also a Florida State fan. All right, three two seven zero eight eight eight. That is the phone number. That is the text line. Eight zero four is the area code. Let's take a timeout. We'll get into the state schools. What bowl games did they end up going to? And I unfortunately have to take the committee to task once again. I don't think Liberty belonged in their spot. I think I don't think Liberty should be there. Oh, you, well, all right. Let's uh, let's go back to the phones. Espo, what's going on? Matt, you can't say Alabama played a weak schedule. They played the fifth toughest schedule in the country. Florida State played the 55th toughest. I mean, come on now. You're not going to leave the SEC champion out to take the ACC champion, are you? I mean, the, the who most... Who would do that? Well, I'm just going to say this. The SEC is down this year. The SEC was not as good as it usually is. And basically, we're taking them in because Oregon didn't beat Washington. And here's the here's the funny thing. Florida State's fifth in the final rankings, correct? Well, yeah, they, they gave them fifth, right? They probably should have been sixth, but yeah, okay. Yeah, they should have been eighth, actually, or something like that. So they technically yeah, think maybe. that Florida State is better than Georgia, who then lost to Alabama. No, that, that's the consolation prize, because who cares after four? Nobody cares. But the bottom line is, the SEC is the, is the big dog of the college football. You're not leaving them out. Everybody wants to see an SEC team. I mean, whether you're in California or Florida or Maine, you, you know, the ACC is always down. That's the problem. They're always down. They're so, never any good. So the competition if, sucks. So if Florida State was in the SEC and Alabama was in the ACC, who's getting in? Absolutely, Florida State, and they should get in. Absolutely. And that's that's the problem. Well, I, but they're the victim of their conference. They're the victim of Wake Forest and Duke who flopped and Virginia and Virginia Tech. The football's just not as good. You can't argue that it is. I mean, they, they, I think they went 6-4 and four against the SEC, but look at the matchups. I mean, Florida State... you really think LSU loses this time around? I don't think LSU loses Florida State this time. But, they... but the bottom line is... Yeah, I mean the the third the, the the best offense in the country is LSU's. They're third in the West in the SEC. What does that tell you? I mean, I, I get it, Espo. Thanks for calling. I I, I get it, but all right, buddy. Um, I, I just Florida State has the zero in their loss column. That's all there is to it. Florida State has the loss column. They have the zero. They didn't lose anybody. I don't care if their schedule's lesser. And Alabama lost to Texas. And granted, look, they're a different team than what they were then, but. They beat South Florida 17 to 3. They beat Arkansas 24-21. They they need a late Hail Mary to to beat Auburn, who lost by a lot to New Mexico State. That's just all that stuff is just mm. I, I just it just does not sit right for me. And Espo said it. If Florida State's in the SEC, they get in. That's that's just not right. It's just not right in the least. And we, I got some other points I want to get into as well, because I think if you're not going to put Florida State in because of the quarterback situation, they shouldn't have been five. You know who put them five? ESPN put them five. ESPN said, we want to keep watchers to the show. Let's make Florida State five and give them a consolation prize. Florida State didn't belong to be five. Florida State should have been eighth. They should have been behind Georgia, behind Oregon, behind Ohio State. 
If you thought that lowly of them, they shouldn't have been in the top five. But because it was made for better TV, they kept them fifth. All right, I've gone too long. Let's take a time out. We'll get more into this. Reggie, I see you're on the phone. Hold on. We'll get to you after the break. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. We just head to our website and to our This Week on 1061 ESPN Richmond page for a preview of what's to come on 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. We'll have our guests in about 10 minutes or so to talk college football playoff. I'm very frustrated with what's going on. Uh, we'll see if our next caller is a little frustrated by what he's seeing in college football right now. Reggie, what's going on, Reggie? Brother, I need to make some money. Forget frustration. Let's start making money. Now, talk to me about the line. I need to know about Virginia Tech, their line against um, Tulane. I need to know Liberty line against Oregon. And I want your honest opinion. And, of course, ODU with Air Force and the follow-up, if I may. All right, Reggie. I will give you some thoughts on all that stuff uh, in just a moment. Do you have it? Do you think uh, we got the four right teams in the college football playoff? Well, it depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at what happened last year, the the organization said we cannot keep the SEC out because we have a TV contract. That's number one. Number two, listen to Paul Feinbaum's show. I thought that Alabama, you would think it's a professional football team where those people come in and cry. I mean, they come in there with an attitude. If you disagree with them, they will cuss you out. <laughs> I was shocked. Oh, yeah, the SEC, it, it, it's like a cult. They love their SEC football, that's for sure. Yeah, I know it's enough, I'm like it. Appreciate uh, it. All right, thank you, Reggie. Um, thank you. I will uh, give you my thoughts on the uh, state schools and their bowl games in just a second. The Lions actually just came out like two hours ago. Um, so I will give you my thoughts on that in just a little bit. But I, I thought the worst part of the whole thing, of this whole thing, is that they didn't like Florida State, and they still put them fifth. Like, why are they fifth? And we know why they're fifth, because it made for better TV. But if you think Florida State is good enough to be fifth, but you also didn't think they were good enough to be fourth, like, that that just made a difference. And and look, some people will say it's it's Alabama, it's Texas who belonged less in the, cha- in the playoff. And the one case Texas has, well, they have two cases. A, they won the Big 12, and B, they beat Alabama. So you can't rightfully put Alabama in and not put Texas in if that's what you're going to do. So I've seen some people on Twitter, they're like, well, why, are we, why is everybody going after Alabama when they should go after Texas? I mean, Texas beat Alabama. So if Alabama's in, Texas is surely in. I just, it's very frustrating to me. And I'm not doing this as like an ACC guy. I'm not doing this as like a Florida State guy. I don't really care about Florida State. I'm not a Florida State fan. The only time I ever root for them is against Miami because I just, I don't like Miami. Sorry, Caesar. Um, but like, I've even seen Miami people come out and say this is ridiculous. And if this eventually leads to Florida State leaving the ACC and that conference falling apart a little bit, I mean, that's just a lot of residue that doesn't need to be there. And so now you have Florida State and Georgia in the Orange Bowl and two teams that really don't care. Like, what's Georgia's motivation and what's Florida State's motivation? So, like, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, you could give Florida State a month to get ready for Michigan. And Florida State could turn Tate Rodemaker into a tremendous quarterback. 
Or they could turn whatever. They could just run a lot of Wildcat. Like, I think that people, and we'll get to the break in just a second because we're going to call our guests in just a moment. Like, it's not like Florida State beat nobodies with their backups. They beat Florida. They beat Louisville. Their defense allowed 21 points the last two weeks of the season to those two teams. They beat LSU earlier. They beat Duke when they were ranked. They won at Clemson. The other thing was they didn't lose to anybody. And you're going to put in a one-loss Alabama team who needed miracles to whip to beat Auburn, didn't did play terrible against South Florida, played terrible against Arkansas. Alabama beat LSU 42-28. Florida State beat LSU 45-24. Like we don't do that sort of thing, but like it's just very frustrating to me. I think Florida State should have been the fourth. I think we should have left out Alabama. I was ready to come on here and be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's tough the SEC didn't get somebody in. I was ready to defend Texas getting left out. I was not ready to defend Florida State getting left out. And now that's kind of where we are. And it's very frustrating. Very, very, very frustrating. Uh, 3270888, that is the phone number, that is the text line, 804 is the area code. Let's take a time out. Uh, coming up, we'll get Pete Futak's opinion of uh, collegefootballnews.com. We'll see what he thinks and where, where he would have gone. We'll talk to him about that, some of the other bowls as early looks. We'll get him on next. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here, taking up to 6 o'clock. A lot of uh, strong opinions came out once the uh, college football playoff got released uh, yesterday. You've heard mine the first half hour of the show. Let's get uh, the opinion of our esteemed guest. You can read his work on collegefootballnews.com and follow him on Twitter at Pete Futak. Pete, what's going on? What's going? You tell me. So, what's your your whiteboard opinion here? What's what's your, what's the MMM opinion on all? I think that Florida State got hosed. I think that this was an ESPN thing, and I think this was an SEC thing. And the committee didn't want to deal with hearing from them for a month that they left out an SEC school. All right. So I can tell you, having worked with them and knowing how the process worked, it had nothing to do with ESPN. It, that's that's a it sounds conspiratorial. They really don't think like that. It sounds easy, but that's not it. it, it because, they, remember, their ratings are kind of there no matter what. Their, their ads are already sold, so they're already kind of good. It really does come down to, and the, the, the one motivating factor with that bunch, more than everything else, is what can they justify? What can they say? What will, what will bring the least amount of smoke? And the whole point of having a committee isn't for when there's four 13-0 teams. It's for a situation like this. So I'm, I'm with you on the deserve factor that a 13-0 Power 5 conference champion should be in. It just so happened that a whole series of bad events happened for Florida State. Like if Oregon beats Washington, this changes. Because now at that point, it, you can say it's it, Washington's out. Then you can still put Texas and Alabama in, which you kind of need to do. And then it becomes Oregon versus Florida State. And at that point, the committee's like, yeah, 13-0, and we put in Florida State. So that was a bad break for FSU. It was a horrible break that Georgia lost to Alabama. Georgia wins this. Then that means you don't have to take Texas, which means you don't have to take Alabama which then catches, gives Florida State another break. And it also didn't help that they looked awful against Louisville. 
that just it, it just it's such the optics were so bad after Alabama looked so good and Texas was so dominant. It just you kind of couldn't put him in there. Someone had to be left out, and it just so happened that Florida State was it. And now I know this isn't how it works, but they're going to get smoked by Georgia, and the narrative's going to be the CFP got it right. So let me ask you this then. If Florida State's in the SEC and Alabama's in the ACC, then who gets that four spot? Uh, do they have the exact same schedules? Do exact they, well, same resumes. Is they, well, then the problem with that, though, is they didn't beat Georgia. I mean, the, remember, at the end of the day, Bama beat Bama loses to Texas, who is right there. So it's not like they had a really horrible loss. And Georgia was number one. So in your scenario here, if, like, let's say Clemson was – was undefeated, the number one team in the country in the ACC championship, and Florida State goes in there and beats Clemson. Then that's different. They beat Louisville. I mean, that's just, it's not good enough. It's just, if you look at their resume, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it stinks. It's a bad argument to have. Unfortunately, this is why we're getting the the expanded college football playoff next year. Uh, But someone has to be left out. So the whole idea of like, oh, it's Alabama, like, yes, you can do that. And I, no one seems to see that the SEC was the worst Power Five conference when it came to uh, when it came to head-to-head versus other Power Fives. But it is Alabama. They do have more NFL talent than everyone else, and they beat the number one team in the country. What about the factor that if you give Mike Norvell a month with Tate Rodemaker, put in a, a new offense, put in a whole bunch of things just for that first game, like, and he turns him into a legit quarterback? He won't be Jordan Travis, but like, you could give Florida State a month to get ready for that game, and they will be better than they've been these last two weeks. I a thousand percent buy that. I mean, uh, that's the that's the one part about this debate that I, I have a, that you can't really argue against because it's the. You know, really, it's one guy. I mean, it's a quarterback, of course. I mean, there is historical precedent, like 73 Michigan getting left out of the Rose Bowl because their Franklin got hurt at quarterback. And there's stuff, and it has happened. But and that is a legitimate argument. Uh, but at the moment, though, again, though, so, what, so who are you leaving out? Because at that point, are you leaving out? You can't leave out Texas because they beat Alabama. You just That would be an even bigger wrong because we saw, cause Florida State's still a theory. Uh, we saw Texas beat Alabama. And then you're saying, all right, look, Georgia, we're not supposed to know what happened over the last few years, but these are humans. Georgia is the two-time defending national champ, and Alabama just went in there and whacked them. Like, it just, they, it's it's kind of hard to say that the SEC champ that's 12-1 and that beat the number one doesn't belong in. So it's like, it's kind of hard to really go that hard to the rim on Florida State. Other than that, yeah, they're thirteen and zero. But I'm with you. It's it's a it's a bad thing. But someone had to be left out. Uh, do you think there's also the chance the NCAA did this because they don't want to see Michigan win a championship, so they figure it'll be hard for them to beat Alabama and potentially Texas <laughs> to win it? No, that's that, that, again. They have there's no influence on that. They they really do want the best four teams. Uh, and they've, they've time and again, I mean, they, they really just, they, they are sincerely, you know, for, I, I have problems with the committee. I have problems with the process. They don't really watch the entirety of college football. They, they kind of know it, but they have real jobs and important lives and things. They're, they're not sitting here really stewing over each and every aspect of this. 
Um, they're not staying up till three in the morning watching the end of Washington, Arizona State. You know, they're, they're just not. So I do have my problems with them. They are of the highest integrity. They just, that's kind of why they did this, is to get people who really are above reproach. And they do have a system that takes out the people who would have any conflict of interest in a certain vote for each team. My only problem with all this, too, and to your overall point, is then, okay, if I'm saying all that, televise it. Televise transparency. Put a camera in the room. If these are really some of the most important, you know, movers and shakers, captains of the world, uh, people on the planet, they should be able to handle it if Ohio State fans get mad at them. So they should trans- do this transparency. So there's not this thing that thinks, oh, wow, well, this is, you know, ESPN, you know, dictating this and that. It's just not. It's just they, they had to come up with something. And this, honestly, at the end of the day, again, Georgia's going to win like 45-3. It's going to look, it's going to look after the fact like it stinks, but yeah, it's, I don't like it either. Really, I think the SEC should have been left out, but it's kind of a right for teams, especially, God forbid, it's Alabama, Texas for the national championship. And then they look like geniuses. What do you think of the Liberty versus SMU decision? Uh, the problem with that is Liberty didn't really play anybody, but it kind of goes to the point where these are all just kind of exhibitions after the playoff. And this is where this year, more than ever, this bowl season is going to be just awful. I mean, because you saw what happened. That Florida State-Louisville ACC championship, get ready for that. Like in just about every bowl game, Outside, the minor bowls are going to be better because they're going to be fully staffed and they're going to have their full teams for the most part with teams that are going to really try and be fired up for this. But like as we're seeing right now, you know, Ohio State's probably there's a there's a serious chance Ohio State's not going to have 15 starters for the for its bowl game. You know, there's a chance you know, Bo Nix isn't playing for Oregon. There's a chance Oregon's missing at least five starters, maybe more closer to 10. You know, between the transfer portal and the NFL draft, it's fine. Liberty's there. We'll watch. It's, it's you know, SMU. It kind of it's a broad deal because they're better than Liberty. But same thing. Thirteen and zero. Give them, get them a shot at a game like this. But in this case, again, fine. I'm not going to get into a twist over it. What did you make of of Indiana hiring Kurt Signetti and Kurt Signetti leaving for a school like Indiana when if he has another really good year at JMU, he could probably do much better when it comes to a job? Yeah, or if he does anything at Indiana, he could probably do much higher. So it's a good – there's only so many of these gigs. And we're we're finding out kind of – it's harder than we all think when it comes to assuming that just someone's going to step in like – I mean, Mike. I mean, you never know. You you absolutely never. And the the odds are amazingly bad that any of these new head coaching hires are going to last five years and win sixty percent of their games. I did a piece on this. There's only like fourteen of the hundred and thirty three coaches that have been able to last more than five years and have any real success. And you know, even those guys are like the Mike Gundys of the world who don't have a national championship. I mean, Kirk Ferentz's, you know, those types. It just it, you these guys just don't succeed like we think they do. So Mike Elko going to get it done in Texas A&M? I don't know. Maybe. You, know, you, just, you, you never know until these guys get into the system. But all these fan bases who think, oh, well, we're going to go with Urban Meyer now, or you know, we're going we're to get Mike Tomlin or Dan Campbell or something, like, it's just no. It's, just, it's harder than you think because there's just not that many jobs 
And I think that's kind of what all these quarterbacks in the transfer portal are going to figure out relatively soon as well. Um, what do you think about, um, you know, let, let, let's kind of talk about these. The, 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 do you think Alabama is going to beat Michigan? No. I'm not going hard on that because I love Alabama over the years. And just that's, you're never wrong in picking Alabama for anything. And I did pick them to beat Georgia. I got the – I whiffed everything else on Championship Saturday, but my 27-23 call, I'll take that one. Uh, everything else I whiff. So, uh, but I just kind of think Michigan's just that team this year. I mean, whether it was you know 2020 Ohio State, which was just out of its mind insane all year, trying to right the wrong of losing to Clemson, or Clemson the year after it just barely missed against Bama. They were just laser focused, came back and won the national title, or you know Bama in 2020 when they were uh, two years without a national championship, and that was just a robotic machine. Michigan just kind of seems like that team that's just that psycho team that's got all the experience and the embarrassment of the face plant against TCU that just sort of seems to have it. And to the overall discussion before, it'll be interesting because what happens will dictate the past narrative. I'm not a thousand percent sold that, that, that Alabama or even really Georgia are anywhere near as good as people think they are. They've certainly got all the NFL talent. But this, this this is a good Alabama team. It's not one of Saban's best, and I do think it can beaten, be beaten, but I am never, ever going to argue with anybody who's going to pick Alabama in the college football playoff. I now remember where I was going to ask before. We're talking with Pete Futak of collegefootballnews.com. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think there's any chance we ever have a hiring freeze uh, until a team season's officially over? Because I feel bad for JMU, who tried to get to a yeah. bowl, and then all of a sudden their coach leaves, and a lot of kids are transferring, and it looks like Jordan McLeod's going to play in the bowl game anyway. But like, what, yeah. do you think we'll ever have a, a hiring freeze until after a season's over? I wish there was a way to do this. There, the, the problem is... And this is where this, this gets so quirky because we lose sight of the fact that these guys are actually supposed to, you know, enroll in class. <laughs> They're supposed to actually be college students. I mean, I know it's gotten so twisted and gone now, but the reason why we've got the, the system in place is there is the, me- the mechanisms you've got to go through to technically transfer in order to go to these schools and apply, sign up for classes and all that kind of stuff, which, again, Sounds ridiculously silly now we're in like this NFL like free agency type of thing, which also then means after the season you can't really do that because each school is its own thing. The NCAA can try to say that there's a freeze, but they can't enforce it. And there's just no good way to do it because if you're going to, and that's the problem with right now, and again, it, it, it was the problem I had a couple of years ago when Brian Kelly, when Notre Dame was still in the college football playoff mix, leaving for LSU. At that point, your team's still in the national title hunt, and he left before it was official that they weren't. Uh, but in a case like JMU, stinks. It's a bad deal for the players and the program. Of course, you'd love them to be around to uh, be able to all they worked for and all the great things that happened to be a part of, you know, which is really just sort of the celebration, which is what the bowl games are. Uh, but he's got to recruit. You know, he's Indiana's head coach now. He's got to go find guys to come to IU. And we'll see if Jordan McLeod is one of them. Um, what do you think about the FCS-FBS jump? Obviously, Jacksonville State, JMU, they make a bowl game. Sam Houston State is a bad season. You've got Kennesaw State and then Delaware making the jump. Do you think these teams are eventually going to realize like it's not as easy as JMU and Jacksonville State are making it? Although some of them are making look that way. I mean, look, Liberty was nothing and it came out roaring. I mean, Coastal Carolina was nothing and it came out you know, pretty strong. And then 
you know, Texas states of the world takes a, takes a few years. Uh, Appalachian State certainly was awesome the second it got it got into the FBS world. So it really does depend, uh, but it really does show that once you get some of these programs, which have the infrastructure in place already, they have the football program, they have a way of doing things that's obviously successful. Well, now if you could turn it up a notch and you you expand, you get the scholar, the extra scholarships, you get the extra focus, you get the extra funding, you get all the extra perks that come with being an FBS school, then, yeah, these programs that are already pretty good can succeed relatively fine right away if you get the right blend, the right mix. And it also helps that it's, that the F, that the group of five uh, programs or conferences have just been gutted. I mean, that's not the same American Athletic Conference. And the trickle-down effect comes where you do have liberty, where I do I, – I could be wrong on this. I thought I saw something that they actually had the 134th best college football schedule out of 133 teams i mean just it's you just have such a uh kind of a watered down thing now with these group of five conferences but it doesn't mean that these it's not a lot of fun the sun belt was a blast this year look the the aac was still kind of fun but the haves and have nots in those conferences you can totally tell the difference between the ones that really are fringe power fivers and the ones that just really aren't Make sure you go to the website, collegefootballnews.com. Check out Pete's work there. Pete, we appreciate the time. You the man. Thank you, man. All right. Uh, that is uh, Pete Futak of uh, collegefootballnews.com. Um, let's break, and then I'll get into Liberty. Uh, I, look, I'm very happy for Liberty, and we'll certainly do a lot of coverage. I probably would have given it to SMU, but we'll get into that next segment, and we'll close things out. Uh, you're listening to 1061 ESPN. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN, Matt Joseph's here. Um, last thing on Florida State, at least for this hour. Obviously, we'll keep talking about this next hour. Um, I, I really do think people aren't taking into account. You give Florida State a month to prepare for whatever game it is, but um, they'll, they'll be better. They'll be better off. And by the way, the Louisville game featured the third string quarterback. This will be the backup quarterback. So I, I just... I. I it feels dirty to me, and I understand everything, but like it's just it's frustrating to me to say the least, because you know the ACC may lose Florida State eventually because of this. They may sit there and say, "Well, I don't know what the hell do I want to stay here for." Um, they may be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to stay in this conference if I was in the SEC. I'm getting in." I just I would have put Florida State in over Alabama. I would have considered putting Florida State in over Texas. You know, obviously, look, the argument for if Texas gets left out, the argument's easy. They beat Alabama. They would have a very loud argument that people would be able to to make. If you left Alabama out, people would be like, well, you just can't have a college football playoff without the SEC. So they're like, well, let's consider this. Oh, yeah, the easiest thing to say is, oh, well, Florida State doesn't have their starting quarterback. So what you're saying is if Jordan Travis doesn't get hurt in a meaningless game, then Florida State does make the playoff? Then you are you were willing to get rid of somebody else? Like, that's just, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. None of that makes sense. Um, all right, so I'm not going to, I'm trying not to piss off the Liberty people because you guys had a tremendous season. And there's no doubt in my mind that Liberty deserves to make a very good bowl. Do I think they deserve to make the Fiesta Bowl over an SMU? I do not. I, I do not. And I think it's it's not what Liberty's done because obviously, look, Liberty has destroyed everybody. They played, what was it, two games that were decided by single digits. 
They nearly lost to Sam Houston State at home 21-16, and they beat Middle Tennessee 42-35. They destroyed everybody else. But here's the thing. When you destroy everybody else with the easiest schedule, like that makes a difference. That makes a difference. Their non-conference schedule was Bowling Green, uh, Buffalo, uh, UMass, and I'm trying to remember what... Oh, and Old Dominion. One bowl team, I think, out of that group. Unless I don't don't remember if Bowling Green made it. I don't think they did. So Liberty... And and I've said all along, and and I saw the Dudley Award came out, I saw Caden Salters, one of the three guys, along with Jalen Green... And I'm forgetting the third right now. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Washington, the wide receiver from UVA. Um, I think Kane Salter should win the Dudley. I think Kane Salter should have gotten some Heisman votes. I think Kane Salter had a really, really, really good year for Liberty. But you look at SMU, 11 and two champions of the AAC. They beat Tulane on the road. They played at a loss to TCU in Oklahoma. What if the SMU decided to schedule New Mexico State and Bowling Green instead of Oklahoma and TCU, and they go 13 and 0? What happens then? SMU lost their starting quarterback, but they looked very good against Tulane with, with, with the backup. So you're telling SMU, don't schedule Oklahoma, don't schedule TCU, schedule easy, go undefeated, you'll get the, the New Year's Six bid. Instead, now they play in the Fenway Bowl against Boston College in a game that six people will be watching. I might be one of those six, but I just, it's a little frustrating to me. And you're using the logic of Liberty was undefeated. Liberty did not lose, but you don't want to use the 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 did not lose argument with Florida State. You know, it's kind of two different things, obviously on two different scales. You know, leaving out SMU is not going to get the same outrage as leaving Alabama out or leaving something else. <coughs> so, I'm happy for Liberty. They're going to lose. It all depends on, and actually I heard Bo Nix may play in the game. Liberty is a 16-point underdog, 15 and a half, 15 on DraftKings. It all depends on if Oregon wants to play. Even if Oregon doesn't want to play, they still probably beat Liberty pretty easily. But we'll see. I mean, Liberty's going to be excited. We'll see what happens. But they get the New Year's Day Bowl, 1 o'clock. They'll play in the Fiesta Bowl out in Glendale, Arizona. I hope a lot of Liberty fans make the trip. Um, I just would have given it to SMU. But... Whatever. I'm not outraged by it. Congratulations to Liberty. The The season you had got paid off by something, and that's ultimately what I want from the college football season is to have hard work paid off. Uh, one hour down. We actually have another hour to go, and we'll get more into the college football. We'll talk about the other state schools' bowl games. I know Reggie wanted me to talk about the, uh, the state's ones and give you some thoughts on those. We could certainly do that. Uh, We'll also touch on the NFL. We'll also touch on some uh, college basketball as well. One hour down, one to go. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. 1061 ESPN. Richmond Spiders Athletics all year round. W291CL Lakeside Richmond. WURV HD2 Richmond. We are 1061 ESPN.